Today, on the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. There's different types of intelligence. So there's book intelligence, there's social intelligence, there's, there's persuasive intelligence, there's the ability to, there's just all sorts of intelligence. Welcome back to the podcast today. How are you, Harrison? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. So today, I really like this this subject, uh, especially the way that you you framed it. You're talking about these qualities of intelligence, energy, and integrity, and how these are actually the qualities that Warren Buffett looks for when he's hiring anyone, from attorneys to managers, um, anyone in his businesses. So tell us a little bit, and, and I think this is actually doubly true for attorneys, that in, integrity really is the core of what an attorney's profession is. It's the profession of integrity and making sure that everyone honors their agreements with each other, whether that's with the law or with a contract, a third party. So tell me a little bit, what really inspired you to write this article in the first place? A bunch of things. The quote itself I thought was interesting because I'm always looking for ways to understand what makes the best attorneys and and, and how how they uh, qualities that they need in terms of each of the three qualities i every one of them i think is important i think energy is extremely important i think without integrity i, I think that you can't if you can't trust someone i think that that's a major problem and i've certainly run across lots of people that i can't trust and i hate it when that happens just because if you can't trust someone it's just it's not a, it's not a good feeling because you know that whatever you do with them they're not going to be honest. And then energy is important because a lot of people are lazy. And if they're lazy, that means that they're not looking for the right solutions or they're quitting. And then intelligence, I think, is very important because if someone's intelligent, they're going to pick up on ideas and insights and so forth that the normal person wouldn't have. And and that makes a big difference. Absolutely. And those qualities, I, I imagine, they, they can come across in an interview and there really are some of the most important factors for getting hired because speaking just from, from my own experience hiring people recently, I could tell right away the ones who had the most intelligence were also generally the ones who were most committed, and especially if they had that energy to go along with it. And generally, it's worked out where the people who show these signs of intelligence, energy, and integrity, they, they go farther in their job, they last longer, they provide better quality work. Tell us a little bit more, how exactly can you develop these qualities? Maybe if you, you were not the, the most gifted in school when you were younger, is, is there a way you can enhance your intelligence or, or what can you do to bring yourself up in, in that aspect? Well, intelligence, I think, is it, a lot of it deter, is determined, in, in some cases, even the practice area you work in. Different practice areas require different types of intelligence. And for example, I've noticed in certain practice areas that personality a lot of times is more important than the quality of work that the person's doing or or in other in other practice areas intelligence is very important and so it just depends it depends on the the environment you work in like the type of people that you work with the practice setting you work in but intelligence is important it's it it, it basically if an attorney is faced with a complex legal problem typically the one that has the most intelligence is going to be the one that figures out the solution and is able to convince the court and the opposing counsel in the most elegant and easiest way to, to adopt that point of view or per the other side uh, of that or understand things that need to be in an agreement to protect the client. So intelligence is huge. And, and the more intelligence a attorney has, the better off uh, they're going to be 
solving legal problems. So I, I think it's extremely important. Now, how do you develop that intelligence? I think that one of the best ways to, to develop it is if the attorney specializes. Regardless of what you're doing, if you specialize in something, you can get very good at it and you can see more solutions and understand things that problems that could develop if you don't do things correctly and all sorts of things over time. And so I think the specializing is very important if you, if you don't, even if you don't feel like you're the smartest. And being the smartest, by the way, is not, doesn't mean necessarily book smarts or going to the best grades or going to the best schools. It's, it's really what you do with it when you get out that, make, that makes a difference and, and how you focus that intelligence. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. Webinars take place on Zoom, and you can join the next webinar by using the Zoom ID. The Zoom ID for this webinar is 868-9816-5944. Again, that Zoom ID is 868-9816-5944. You can also find more information by going to coaching.oar.com. Wow. You covered a lot of, I think, very important points there. And I, I want to try to unpack some of those a little further. So I, I hope I can remember all of them. They're, they were all so good. So the thing that really stood out to me is actually what you retouched on at the end there, which is it's it's not just what it's how you apply it. And more than that, it's it's not just knowing it as so much in one particular area, but as you say, like different practice areas, some may require more of a personal touch and actually the intelligence of people's personalities and, and how to persuade people to see your point of view. But that type of intelligence may not be as necessary if you're in a maybe writing contracts all day long. So it's not so much about having a higher IQ than somebody else, but about finding the thing that you really identify with or the, the thing that comes easiest to you. And then, like you say, specializing in that, really honing in and perfecting that, that really uh, desirable trait and focusing in on the thing that can take you the farthest in your career. You, you actually talk a lot uh, about dabblers and how people who dabble don't go as far because they don't get to spend enough time really becoming ep experts in their subject matter. And especially when we're talking about intelligence, it, it is true that the longer you spend studying something, the more you can learn about it. That's just, I guess, physics, if you will. It's a matter of time. Like you, you, the more time you spend doing something, the better you get at it. And once you've built those fundamentals, you're building off of that with new and more complex ideas and information. So I, that really is a lot. I think we could spend a whole podcast just talking about intelligence and the different ways of harnessing different types of intelligence in the legal industry. But is there anything else that you want to talk about in terms of finding the practice area that really suits your smarts? Yeah, you have to, there's different types of intelligence. So there's book intelligence, there's social intelligence, there's there's persuasive intelligence, there's the ability to, there's just all sorts of intelligence. Like I've seen the, the typical, like different types of trial lawyers or personal injury lawyers. If you're uh, an attorney that's trying a very complex patent case, then you're going to need book smarts. But if you're trying a, a personal injury case, you might not need as much book smarts, but you may need other types of smarts. And 
but other practice areas like criminal law or family law, it's, it's a different type of intelligence too. So it just depends on your practice area and what you want to do. And certain practice areas require the ability to, you know, concentrate on, on facts and stuff for a long period of time and to research and analyze and draw conclusions and others don't. So it, it's up to the the attorney, whatever their skills, whatever they think are their skills, but it, it, you don't have to have, you have to, to excel in the legal practice. You have to have some type, some sort of intelligence. You have to apply it and, and everybody's gifted with different skills. And so you need to go into a practice area that makes the most of your skills. Absolutely. And that is, you, you also talk in some other articles about how sometimes it, it just takes a little while for you to find your right practice setting and, and finding the, the type of law that really works the best for you. So I, I want to touch a little more on this idea of if you find out maybe after you've already started your career, you've been in the practice of law for a few years, and you find out that maybe my particular strength when it comes to intelligence, I'm not in the right practice area to achieve my greatest potential. When is it a, a good time to make that decision? And, and what's the best way to transition to either a different practice area or a, a different setting that really does allow you to uh, tap into your full potential? I think if you're unhappy, you feel like what you're doing, you're not making the most of your skills, then and, you're, and, and you, you don't believe you're going to do well. Then, then you're probably better off thinking about a different practice area. It all it all depends. There's certain practice areas where you can spend all your time behind the desk. There's others where you can go to court. There's others that are more important that you relate to clients. There's just there's a huge variety of, of practice areas. One example would be that recently I was working with I've worked recently with a lot of consumer facing attorneys. Family law attorneys are an example. Family law attorneys a lot of times that can be a very complex practice area, but. A lot of that practice area it involves there's their skills that not everyone has and involves intimidating the other side and getting your clients to do things and it's just there's just different skill sets that, that make someone good at that and then some other practice areas like if you want to scale them up like I, I, a lot of very successful immigration attorneys i know are very good at managing lots of teams of paralegals and other people that are doing the work and and then self-promotion. And so that requires organizational skills. And so there's just different, there's all these different types of practice areas and, that, that have different skill sets. And so your goal really is to get into one that, that makes the most of your skills. And the better off, the better you do with that, the better you'll do. You just never know. Certain things appeal to certain people more than others. I know when I was practicing, I, I liked litigation, but I didn't like the idea of having to just write and sit behind a desk all the time. I know one attorney that it was a partner in my old firm, and he thought he'd want to go do appellate litigation when he was doing commercial litigation, but he hated it because all he was doing was writing. And so it just depends on the attorney. It depends on what makes you tick and what makes you happy. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, 
We include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Something uh, that struck out to me as you were speaking is you were talking about managing other people and, and it does require a, a high degree of intelligence to work in such a demanding career, but it also goes hand in hand with this concept of energy. And when you have a lot of people who are reporting to you, who you're responsible for reporting to, when there's people demanding your time and your attention, like you have to have a lot of energy in addition to intelligence. It's not just knowing what to do and, and how to do it, but it's being able to do that all day long as you're being pulled in a hundred different directions. So I would think as you move up any career ladder, whether you're in a litigator and working actually in courts all day, or whether you're an office-based attorney, mostly doing contracts or paperwork, as you move up the ranks, you're going to be saddled with more responsibility and there's going to be more people demanding your time and attention. So you have to have the energy to back that up. Would you concur with that? Definitely. The energy is huge. A lot of people don't have the energy and the energy is what drives everything. Certain people have more energy than others and having a lot of energy is extremely important. You need to be able to have the ability to keep going and to, to not give up, to, to find solutions, to work hard, to, to, to you know bounce back and all those sorts of things. And a lot of people don't have energy. A lot of people are very slow. They're, they don't take care of their bodies and minds and, and it has bad results. And in a lot of ways, energy can actually be more important than just intelligence, because if you have all the intelligence in the world, but you don't have the energy to apply it or to push yourself you know, harder so you're achieving more, then you're not going to be able to succeed at the level of somebody who maybe has less natural intelligence, but has more energy and more drive and determination and is able to commit to a goal and, and keep persisting no matter what ends up in their way. Exactly. And, and that ability to be resilient and to bounce back is huge. A lot of people give up at the, f the first uh, sign of defeat. And a lot of people are looking forward to retirement. And, and that's not good. You just need to have, you, you, do, you want people that are engaged and, and excited about what they're doing. Yeah. And it's paradoxical, right? That the farther you get into your career, the less energy that you have because you're aging, the less energy you have because there's more demands on you, and yet the more energy you need in order to succeed. So how exactly do you keep your energy up as the, the demands and stresses of life continue to increase? I think that a lot of it is you have to really figure out uh, the, what, what works best for you. It's a combination typically of having time off. And I know that I, I think vacations are important. I think in in a lot of religions, there's always like the Sabbath and Judaism, it's, you know, they take from sundown on Friday till sundown on Saturday. People that take it seriously don't do any work during that time. The um, Christianity, you have Catholicism, you have uh, Sundays and, you know, so different groups will take different, take time off. So I think you need to clear your mind and, and have time off probably every week. And then I think vacations are important, but on a day-to-day -day basis, I think exercise, how you eat. I think sleep is extremely important. So I take sleep very important, very seriously. I track my sleep. I, I make sure that I have enough sleep every day. I make sure that I don't overexert myself when I exercise, but I make sure I do exercise. I think meditation is important. I think not carrying around a lot of psychological issues is important. So I think that if you have things that are bothering you personally, that you 
you're on top of them and you're not allowing them to create constant problems for you. Lots of things like that. I think your ability to keep your mind clear and to, to be alert and to not overexert yourself, all those things are extremely important and, and not a lot of people do them, but to stay fit and productive over time, you need to do those things. Because if you don't, then you're just going to look forward to not working one day and that's not good either. And, you know, what advice would you have for attorneys specifically when it comes to finding the balance? Because I know there is a a constant pressure and this need for billing as many hours as possible. So there is a tendency for attorneys to overwork themselves. So how can an individual attorney know where to draw the line or find a way for them to to take some time out of their day for themselves? Like, what would you say to somebody directly? The thing is that no one is ever going to know. If you're an attorney, no one's ever going to tell you to slow down. Yeah. Because law firms make more money when you work hard. Clients have demands. No one's ever going to tell you to slow down. So you have to have that energy needs to be almost come be internal. And so you have to like enjoy what you're doing and be into it. But you also don't want to destroy your body and mind in, in, the pro, in the process. My advice really is to make your, your body and your sleep and, and everything a priority. Because if you don't, then you, you're not going to have much to give. And Certainly when you're young, you can abuse your body when you're in your 20s and even into your early 30s and uh, mid-30s. But as you get older, that kind of behavior probably has got to stop because otherwise you're just not going to be, you're not going to have the energy to give and you're going to be less effective and you're going to have bad moods and your time is not going to be as valuable to you. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it's your time that you're selling and you're giving away and you need to take some of that time for yourself too, and make sure that you are able to take care of yourself so that you are able to continue to, to give to the people who need from you. So on that subject of creating energy for yourself, there's a lot of different ways that you can boost your energy, right? There's energy drinks, people drink coffee all day long, but is that really a the best way to to generate energy for yourself? Is is it okay to use in addition to other methods of maybe just like more rest or exercise? Like what's your t- personal take on that? I think it depends on the individual. One of the things that, that I've read a lot about that I'm starting to actually think is very interesting is the whole study of things like psychiatry involve what the mind does and how the mind reacts to different stimulants and different things. And so a lot of a lot of people out there certainly use drugs. They use, I don't know, methamphetamines. I've seen a lot of attorneys use that. I've seen attorneys come down with marijuana and alcohol is very common. I've seen attorneys use stimulant pills and different types of stimulant pills. And all those things, I think, are probably bad. They're bad from the standpoint that there's side effects to them and they're going to hurt you. I've never tried cocaine, for example, but I heard someone talking about it not too long ago, and they were saying that once you do it, you have an hour that's great, and then, or I don't even know if it's that long, and then you want some more, and then your then your mind is all screwed up for the next five or six days. And and so that's not good. And then, and then other things, I think a lot of people self-medicate. So if you self-medicate with alcohol, that's very common. I think a lot of people self-medicate with marijuana. And and so what psychiatrists do is the psychiatrist will step in and they'll say, is there something wrong with this person's mind and that's making them do these things? And if so, maybe there's a solution. Maybe the solution is if the person 
has too much energy, then maybe the solution is Ritalin or something. Or if they don't have, I mean, maybe Ritalin gives you energy. I don't know, but you know, I know they give it for ADD. Or maybe the solution, if the person is too slow, uh, maybe they're depressed and they have a chemical imbalance. I think that, I, I, I think that a lot of the country is also improperly medicated by psychiatrists and doctors. I also think a lot of the country is improperly medicating themselves, whether it's with alcohol or other substances. And I've certainly seen, and I think it's a very serious topic personally, because I've seen substances, literally, I have friends and people I grew up with die. And I've had lots of people I know have messed up their life with substances when they got into drugs and things. So self-medication is a big deal. I know a lot of attorneys uh, will certainly use different types of uh, substances to keep going. I I think you need to be very careful with whatever you do. And I, I almost think if you're going to put substances in your body that you probably should be talking to probably not just a psychiatrist, but multiple psychiatrists because you don't want to screw yourself up because you can actually do yourself a lot of good if you're on the right substances. I know people that have had ADD that had so much energy, they couldn't even get anything done. And then all of a sudden they became really good students. I know people that have been very depressed and, and then got the proper medication and, and we're good. I know other people that are, were trying to slow themselves down with different things and come down. It's just, it's, you have to be very careful with all this. And it's extremely important. My, my whole approach to it is I try to try to take things a little bit slower. So I try to do yoga every morning and I try to, I avoid uh, alcohol and other substances and I, and I try to eat correctly and sleep, but it's, you need energy to give. It's extremely important. And I, I, I think it's one of the most important things there is because I've seen it kill so many people. And, and I think another way to get energy too, is not to have things that are bothering you. So not to, if you do have, if you're having problems of, with people or your job and stuff to find people to talk to and, and to have people to bounce ideas off of. That's very important. All that gives you energy and empowers you. And then learning, I think learning is important too. So I like to read and go to seminars and talk to interesting people and learn everything I can to, to be more effective all the time. Yeah, that's actually a, a really good point is that I think a maybe under-recognized or underutilized way of getting energy is by surrounding yourself with more positive people, with people who have that energy and radiate that energy. And as you say, attending seminars, even just attending a yoga class or finding other like-minded individuals that you can share a, a passion or a hobby with, that's going to recharge you and give you more energy in a natural and a healthy way that you can then use in your day job, as opposed to trying to cheat your body, cheat the system, cheat nature itself, and try to take all these supplements, both self-prescribed and otherwise, and again, as you say, there are some people who do need medication and we're not saying anything one way or the other about that. But what it comes down to is that it there, there are ways of getting energy that can almost be an infinite source and you're not stealing from the, your future in order to have the energy now. If you take a, a stimulant and you have to come down from that and you're foggy for six days, is that worth it for the hour of productivity that you gained? Probably not, just from a statistical standpoint. There's no way that can be adding value to your life. But I think the the trap that a lot of people fall into is that they're looking for the immediate gratification, they're already overburdened and overstressed, and they're looking for a quick fix because they don't they feel they don't have the time or they can't create the time to take care of themselves in a more a roundabout way, in more overall way. Exactly. 
I think that I think the people with the most integrity probably don't self-medicate or need to medicate because they they've been raised with like by good people that make the of a good frequency that give them self-esteem and, and good ways of looking at themselves. But a lot of people don't have that. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like some sometimes I I definitely forget. Like we live in a, a kind of unique bubble here in Los Angeles because we have a, a community that generally values health and wellness, and there's a lot of talk of meditation and mindfulness in the communities around LA. But you're right; a lot of the rest of the country is never exposed to that at any point in their lives. So they only are limited to what they see their their friends and the people in their social circle doing. And they may think that those are the only options for them. Those are the only ways for them to, to keep up, you know, if you will. And unfortunately, that can have some negative impacts on people's health and well-being and their careers. But what would you say to attorneys who just in a broad sense, what would you say to attorneys who are looking to continue their careers in a balanced, healthy fashion, and they're also looking to find that energy for themselves. Would you advise finding like new techniques? Would you say to somebody who's never experienced meditation, hey, you should try this? Or what, what would your approach be if you had never been exposed to, to some of the things that you do practice in your current life? I think it's all about being developing habits. So I think the first time you're exposed to yoga, you might think it's crazy, but Maybe you develop a habit of doing it three times a week. And then if you're exercising, you develop a habit of doing it three times a week or, or, or once a week. Or if you're watching your diet, maybe you, you, you adopt a habit of not having desserts. Or, you know, there's just a, I think everything is about habits. And I think the quality of people that we become has to do with habits. And, and I think you need, to, you need to start habits somewhere. Smoking's a habit. Drinking alcohol every night's a habit. Smoking pot all the time's a habit. And, and, and there's nothing, and everybody goes through phases of having different bad habits. So I'm not criticizing it. You have to have good habits too. So you have to develop good habits. And I think so that's my advice is really that if you want to, if you want to feel your best and that everything kind of stacks on top of each other, just because you're exercising now doesn't mean that you've really done anything special. Over three or four years, your whole body is going to change. And in the same thing with avoiding different substances, your mind will change. And, you know, so everything over time benefits you. And so you just, I think it's just about habits. I don't know. I, I don't think people wake up one night and they, they suddenly become vegetarians and have good health or um, meditate and have good psychologies. I think everything is over time, but setting goals, I think is important. And maybe you do it every few months, you develop a new habit and just trying to develop them into your life is important. And I think you brought up a really good point. You just said about LA, like the frequency of the people you're around and you associate with has a lot to do with the sort of habits and the type of person you become. It's all about that. And if you surround yourself with a certain type of person, you're more likely to be that type of person. And if you don't, you're likely to be a different type of person. 
And I think that goes not just for people you surround yourself physically, but also in the virtual world, in the online sense. If you spend a lot of time in, in forums or user groups that are very negative or very angry, that's going to affect your energy too. And you're going to carry that attitude through your day. Whereas if you're you know, participating in groups that are very positive and uplifting, not necessarily spiritual or religious, but just positive self-talk, maybe fellow attorneys or entrepreneurs bringing themselves up, giving themselves confidence boost, that's going to carry through to your energy as well. So it's important you know, what you're allowing into your garden, what you're allowing into your mind, because it's not just the, your body, your physical body that is affecting your energy, but it's your thoughts too. Great. Just tell us a little bit more about this aspect of integrity. I think it goes without saying that attorneys are expected to have integrity. Maybe what can cause some attorneys to, to lose their integrity over time? What are some warning signs that you may be on a slippery slope and, and you need to check in with yourself and, and reflect on, on what your choices? Well, there's always ways to cut corners when you're practicing law. And it's just, there, there's always ways to cut corners. I think one of the big ones is your the billing. People are evaluated based on the number of hours they work. You don't. No one's going to know the difference between you working eight hours or ten hours most of the time. So it's so if you bill too many hours to something, then you're not. That's an integrity issue. Doing what you say you're going to do is an integrity issue. And so if you tell someone you're going to do something, you don't. If you make a promise to someone and then you violate the promise or you or you don't disclose certain types of information that's another integrity issue and so there's there's all sorts of issues like that and frankly once you start down the slippery slope of being dishonest then then you know typically it's something that will permeate your whole life absolutely and i think that also ties into that what we were just talking about where it's not just what you practice but it's what you allow into your life and the people you surround yourself with and if you're maybe you're still hanging out with your old college buddies and they're not the most honest people if you allow that into your day-to-day interactions like that's going to affect your ability to make good choices and to have integrity so you need to be careful about not just your choices but what you allow other people around you to do Exactly. And just, I'm, I, I think honesty is a whole, you know, discussion. My, the, the way I see it is I work with a lot of people and, and the second I see someone's dishonest, then I don't trust them anymore and I don't want to work with them anymore. And I don't, and, and it's not good. You just want to make sure that, you know, that you're honest and being honest is, is important and you need to, 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 to be honest with everybody you possibly can. And if you do that, then you're going to be you're going to be much better off and it's just in the long run people would rather work with someone who's honest than someone who's not honest with their bills even though they're making more money or someone who's honest with them it's just it's a better policy and i just see so many attorneys too that are dishonest and I, and it's unfortunate just because they don't really need to be they don't really need to be absolutely you know i think th- this topic and also what we were talking about in terms of finding ways to take care of yourself to generate energy. These are both good examples of showing up for yourself. And this was our topic last week on the podcast. We're about done with our podcast today, but if you want to learn more about this idea of showing up for yourself and finding ways of committing to yourself and to your employer so you can improve your life and your career, uh, go check out last week's podcast on showing up.